This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Looks like Pandora is has introduced itself into the Black Lives Matter family. We think uh, the Dallas police has just said um, we urge those who support law enforcement to delete Pandora. Uh, They came out and said they are for uh, uh, racial justice and they support Black Lives Matter. We'll find out more about that coming up in a second. We are a country that is severely divided and we're not listening um, to each other. Uh, Lawrence Jones is uh, Lawrence Jones is here. And this story in. Uh, Dallas is is disturbing on a couple of fronts that we want to we want to go through, um, and it also has really hopeful things in it. We saw some Black Lives Matter people that actually started to say good things about the police because the police were protecting them and saving their lives, and and it doesn't seem to be the hatred that we're seeing in other cities. Over the weekend. Uh, Lawrence Jones, who works with us, um, uh, was asked by the family to come in and do the only interview. Now, the Today Show is literally camped out in front of their house. There's like 11 big journalists that are literally camped out in front of the house. Um, And Lawrence got a call from his mother, uh, who was Facebook-friended by the shooter's mother's friend because the shooter's mother and her friend were watching television and saw Lawrence and said, I'll talk to that guy. And she said, well, I happen to know his mom. So contacted his mom. His mom called him and said, the shooter's mom wants to talk to you. Um, And it was a very dicey thing because they they didn't want to talk to any members of the press. But Lawrence... I think she felt, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you were, you were somebody who was going to go in and listen and let her tell her side of the story. Is that correct? That's correct, because I didn't call her. Right. Even when she reached out initially, I didn't call her again to say, can you do this time? I waited for her to call me back. There was a certain part of me that didn't even want to touch it because I'm not a journalist. I'm a commentator. Right. Um, You're going to get slaughtered. If you asked too hard of questions or you mm-hmm. didn't ask the hard questions. And I expected that. Yeah. I expect that. But I wanted to ask questions just as an average day person and get some tough questions in there, but also some questions that would bring healing to the country, not inflame more um, race riots or anything like that. What was it like when you first walked in to the house? Um, I've been told yeah. by somebody who is with you, um, I was told that it was the most middle of America house and family mm-hmm. you can picture. Mm-hmm. It was just slice of America house. Mm-hmm. True? A mixed family. Yep. True. Um, and they just had the memorial service at 2 p.m. I did the interview at 5 p.m. And so 
the mood of the place. They had it at the house. They had it at the house. It was, it was so tight for me that I literally fell to my knees and prayed right there because it was either Lawrence is going to get this interview to share with the nation to bring healing and to maybe potentially stop this from happening again, bring in some understanding, or there's no interview for anybody to discuss what happened. They said no. When you first walked in, they changed their mind, right? They changed their mind because the camera scared them, the lights, all of this scared them. And I didn't know how to respond, but with prayer. Um, And I told them, I sat at the dinner table as our camera crew prepared, and I said, there's going to be some tough questions. And And I phrased it this way. I said, if I don't ask you these tough questions then the media is never going to leave you alone at your door. This is your opportunity to respond. I told them, I don't know what happened. I was there on the scene, but it was much, it was after some things had cleared up. So I don't know. Tell me if you covered, because let me just cover some of the things that Mm -hmm. I'm interested in knowing. Bomb making materials all over the house. Did you cover that? I covered that. And I, Um, did you cover, um, um, the gun, and mm-hmm. did you cover his possible sexual abuse, dishonorable discharge? In the military, military. cover that. Um, did you cover Nation of Islam? Cover that. Okay. So let's go, through, let's go through some of it. Do you know the clips that Pat has? I don't, I don't. Do you know which clips he has? I, I just got the bomb-making clip. Do you, should we start? Yeah, see if we have that's that. that's a good one. All right. Now this, when the police so you came know, here, this they is, found bomb-making. Go ahead. <clears throat> they found bomb-making materials. This is what the story is. They found bomb-making materials in the house. Do we know what those were from the police? So I, I think we should play this okay. clip because right. it explains. All right. When the police came here, they found bomb-making materials um, in his room. Um, <clears throat> and many of them are questioning you guys as parents. And so I want you the opportunity to respond to the... Did he have a bomb factory in his room? You know, I didn't go in there to see. Um, he did not. <laughs> but I... We think that's preposterous. Yeah. Everybody has bomb-making materials in their homes. Yeah. If you look online, you can figure out how to make a bomb with mm-hmm. the materials you have at home. Mm-hmm. Whatever the boys in Boston made theirs at home. But mm-hmm. Everybody has bomb-making materials. Mm-hmm. My son I have soda and I have... Ammonia and I have and whatever all the ingredients are. I, mm-hmm. You can look and find it. He um, he was all about making things himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he he had guns. Yes. Mm-hmm. My son would go to Mississippi, and that's where he would shoot in Mississippi, where it's okay out in the country on your mm-hmm. own property. You know, you mm-hmm. can shoot your guns. Mm-hmm. Um, he liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he had material in there to to make whatever he do to, to mm-hmm. shoot his gun, sure. Was that bomb-making material? If it was, I didn't know. I don't believe it, and I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, in other words, what she's oh. kind of saying is he's probably a reloader of his own ammunition. I'm getting that impression. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the things to make, he liked making things himself. Mm-hmm. He 
Is that the impression she, you... Yeah, so later in the interview, she talks about that he likes to make things, and he was always taking things apart. Um, he had a lot of guns, and what I got from that point, and, like, I want to make it very clear to our viewers that I'm a commentator. This is not what I do, but I wanted to make sure that tough question was asked. She said that she was in disbelief of it. Um, but she also said she never really went in. She never w- really went the in the one his who room. said he never went in? Uh, 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 I don't know. I never went in. And then the other one said, "I'm." Uh, he didn't do that. That's the guy. That's the stepmother. The stepmother. She's she the also, white mother. Right. She's also said that it was bomb material that many people would have. And what she meant by that is that it was a lot of bleach, ammonia, and Why things. would you have that in your A lot of fertilizer. I, a lot of I usually right. keep household yeah. products of in the room. In the you room. wouldn't necessarily have that in your room. I would understand right. if they took it yeah. from underneath the kitchen right. sink, but not in the room. Right. Here's, here's one thing, because I have, we've talked last night after mm. the interview, late mm. at night, and then, um, and then we've talked this morning. Mm. I have not heard the interview myself, mm. but I get the impression that the uh, stepmother, mm. who is white, was the staunchest defender of him. It was very surprising because of the race things that were said um, and some of the reports that we heard. She defended him. She was adamant. She even said our son was not racist. She said they had funny nicknames that they would call. She was adamant that what was being reported was not true about her son. they... But mm-hmm. you mean that are she they, wait, so he are was they responsible saying that, or does that, that just they, some of the details around they, it? They said that he was responsible. She wanted to be very clear that they he think, shot. Okay, so they, shot they, they're, they're admitting he's guilty. They're not, they're not one of these. They're, they're admitting that he was guilty. But as far as the personality of him as being a racist and mm. hating people. Well, where, they said where did that, that come from then that he shot five, that he shot 12 oh, police officers? So, and, and there's another clip on this. They separated his life between when he entered the military and when he left the military. Um, when he entered the military... Yeah, we have that clip Okay, let's, you let's hear that. Yeah, go ahead. His reasoning is he loved his country. He wanted to protect his country. He, he, he believed in the government. Hmm. He believed that they were telling the truth, that it was... That they were right, that they were good. Did that change when he joined the military? <laughs> it changed very much so. Um, yeah, it really changed. And then he went to <laughs> Afghanistan. And I mean, he was different when he came back from just the training. Um, this white mom or black mom? Black mom. You know, when he came back from Afghanistan where Michael was outgoing and had friends and they would go out and I would have to tell him you would need to come home at night or let me know where you're going that he he was here at the house or you know wherever he was he was by himself he didn't go out a lot he 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 was not a drinker he did not drink um, alcoholic beverages did he start to drink afterwards no he actually stopped when he came back here he he stopped, uh, like he said, he was all about natural and making sure that, you know, his body was healthy, he stayed, he exercised, he stayed in shape. Um, but he was just almost did he a ever, hermit. Did, did he ever talk about any of his experiences in the military that 
maybe made you question that something happened? Was it the war? Or? I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything about it. He just, the military was not what Micah thought it would be. It disappointed him. He, he was very disappointed, um, very disappointed. Um, but it may be that he, the ideal that he thought of our government, of what he thought the military represented, it just didn't live up to his expectation. Did he ever talk about anything specific that he saw no. that, that made him? He, he still didn't want to he talk re- about he, it. He, he didn't talk about it. He tried to get, when he came back with the VA, he tried and tried and filled out forms and went to meetings for all of them to, to help him with the things. And, you know, he, he hurt his back and... He tried those letters upon letters and filled this out, and you had to come to disappointment, and I'm sorry about this, and he just finally gave up. Um, he, he, from what I understand, they, he was a big constitutionalist coming into the military. That was her quote. And left um, looking up his African history, not just his family history, but what had happened to blacks in America. So he came back a completely different man. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. We have an exclusive story up on The Blaze, and it's going to be coming out. And the full interview, I think, is going to be released on The Blaze TV on Wednesday. Um, But uh, Lawrence was called by the family of the shooter, and they said, would you come and interview us? We don't want to do any press. We don't care if it's Oprah or anybody else. We're not going to do any press. Lawrence is not a journalist, and he's, you know, he's, that's not what he does for a living. But he went, and he talked to them and listened to them last night. And so it's a very different and interesting interview. I've not heard all of it myself, but we just played a a little bit here about when he went into the military. Mm -hmm. And she said he was big into the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So that could lead people to say, oh, well, so he was a right-wing nut. But then he... He, when he got out of the military, that's not who he was at all. No. Uh, she made it very clear that when he joined the military, which she was very opposed to, the family did not want him to join, to the, join the military, but they have a family of military. After that, then, after he entered the military, he said the military wasn't about the Constitution that the leaders of the military, as well as the government, he talked. she talked about the president and mm-hmm. other people, were very bad. And she said, Micah hated liars, and even as a little boy. And he felt like they were all liars. Then he came back and so he, he starts coming into the Black Lives Matter stuff? So he leaves, he hates what happened, and he starts exploring African-American history. And that's when he starts to get into the culture of police brutality, what is happening, the oppression of black people, and that concerned him. Okay, so when we come back, we'll go down that, because um, you did ask him, so did he hate white people? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we we go there next. A Blaze exclusive, you can find it at theblaze.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Uh, welcome to the program with Lawrence Jones, who met with the family uh, of the shooter in Dallas yesterday. Mm-hmm. Stu was saying this is this is just a a baseline. Nobody has talked to this family except for police. It's a foundational interview for the story. Like yeah. you, you, you know, when something like this happens, we have no idea what what their opinion is. You go in there and you get as much information as you can, and you set a baseline and a foundation. So we have things to even follow up on. Mm-hmm. We have directions to go to chase the story. It, up to this point, we knew nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now at TheBlaze.com, we have the, the exclusive interview. You have the beginnings of this coming out, and it's going to air on Wednesday in, in its mm-hmm. entirety. But, I mean, you have to have that. You can't, we, you know, you're starting from ground zero with something like this. And, and for that reason, Glenn, I expect to be criticized. That's fine. But I wanted the story to get out. Yeah. I wanted them the opportunity. And you didn't go chase this story. This They called you. And to me. Yeah. Even when they reached out the first time, I didn't call them. I waited for her to call me back. When she was ready, she was going to call me. That's what happened. So um, we were talking here um, a minute ago. He went, the son went into, so we had set the scene. The father was there. Mm-hmm. The mother was there. Mm-hmm. The father and mother are divorced. Mm-hmm. But the father remarried a white woman. Mm-hmm. And they've been married for a long time. 16 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they they all three parented uh, Micah. Mm-hmm. Um, Very close. Yeah, like the, there's Very no close. hassle between the, the... Who had custody? The the, the mom and dad or the, the mom, stepmom? I think they had... The mom definitely had custody. The dad was very oh, okay. adamant about saying that toward recently, him and his son became mm-hmm. very close. And one of the conversations they had was police brutality. And his his dad was like, you can't, you can't hate all cops. You can't let this get you so worked up. And she said, the dad said, Michael would get so worked up about this, especially after he saw the BET speech um, this past couple weeks. What's the BET speech? Uh, with Jesse, um, I forgot his name, who, who's an actor. Um, you know that? Uh, Jesse, Have you heard that speech? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it was a story. A couple, yeah, a couple anyway, acceptance speech. That is, that uh, talking about the movement and all that. And he said, "Son, we I should play that. We should listen to that because yeah. that's that seems to be a key here. That's the first." And that was that that speech went viral. And he said, "Son, there's some things that I agree with that speech, but there's some things that I disagree." And he talked him down, and you know, um, had that conversation with him, and he was like, "Dad, I just disagree," and even talked to his stepmom about it. And she agreed that, son, there are some injustices. And she continued to say, I agree with Mike. I understand his frustration. But we told him that he can't have hate toward them. And Michael, Michael wasn't a hateful person. Um, and they wanted that to be clear. And I even asked her a question, because this is key to this whole story. Did Micah hate white people. Here's what they said. Just you, Mr. Johnson, I just want to talk a little bit about you guys' family dynamic, uh, because it's no surprise. It's, it's, it was a surprise when I walked here, because a lot of the thing that's been reported was Micah's hate for white people, and you're his mother and his stepmother, and you've been very emotional ever since I walked in the door, and it's clear that you loved him. And he loved me. He did not 
hate white people. He loved my family. He had friends of oh, all boy. shapes and sizes and colors. He's, we just, we didn't see that in one another. It was, mm -hmm. it was a deep, abiding love. He is a, he was a great kid. Very respectful. His mom taught him to say yes, ma'am, and he always did. And I grew up in California, you know, it's a southern mm -hmm. thing. So <laughs> I said, you don't have to say that to me, but he still did. And he sometimes slipped and called me Miss Donna. You know? <laughs> but the, you know, we played, we chased, we. There was a time he didn't want me to kiss him. <laughs> Probably around was, the same time with me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was, I think, middle school age. Yeah. And, uh, I would chase him around the, the house. <laughs> Until you got him. Until I got him. So, I'd so stop okay. here. I mean, we're so seeing... Hard to listen to. Yeah, this is, I mean, this family seemed to be completely taken by surprise by his actions. They were clueless to what was happening. And she even said, I didn't go in his room. I didn't go in the room. I didn't know what was in that room. And I asked her at one point as well after this, is there any clues that you saw? Is, is there something even in retrospect different that you would have done? And I know that was tough because who wants to ask that question to a mother who's yeah, just had the memorial service that day? And she says, she pauses. She's like, there's nothing I could do. There is nothing that I could have done. And she was very... I can tell that it hurt her, me asking that question. Here is a guy who is raised in a family. A blended family. A blended family where dad has married a white woman. They go to family reunions with the white family. And yet he goes out and shoots white cops for black justice. I mean, it's some, something is really I, wrong here. I ask her, did he hate white people? And her response was, he hated injustice. And I think that's a conversation that... I'm wondering if this is the Bubba effect. Mm. No, the Bubba effect is... Too. The Bubba effect is the government isn't doing its job. There is no such thing as justice. They're not obeying their own rules. They're not who they say they are. They're lying to us. And we're not going to get anywhere with these liars. He hated liars. She continued to say that. Yeah, I mean, this she, sounds to me almost like the Bubba effect more than anything else. And I think there's an interesting dynamic here, and listening to this kind of plays into it, in that, like, a lot of times because it's called Black Lives Matter, people mm -hmm. talk about it as being anti-white people. Mm -hmm. We're in, it seems like the, it's anti-police, to be more specific, including yeah. black police, and they, who are constantly the victims of being hit in the head by I rocks. I tell you, I have a other things. I have a, a slightly different take on Black Lives Matter since the shooting here in Dallas. Because uh, were you guys in town during the shooting? No. Okay. So there was a lot of things that broke here in town that I don't know if they broke nationally, where. A lot of the people, and, and, and Ellen and uh, Lawrence, were there on the streets while the shooting was going on. Um, and they met a lot of people that were Black Lives Matter. And about half of them were 
we're not anti-white. We're not kill the police. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a different. It was a different attitude. It was also a debate between the protesters right. that we played Friday, where one was saying, "Why isn't this same attention? I'm marching here, but I think we should be marching for the black on black crime." Yeah. And yes. There was right. a debate. And there were black people they here in, a, the in Dallas. It was a different debate here in Dallas. It was much more reasoned here in Dallas that makes you go, okay, now wait a minute, wait a minute. I can talk to these people. I, th- this is not the same just, you know, kill the, you know, cops or pigs. That I can't talk to. There's no reason there. Mm-hmm. But this was different here. Right, and there's always been a split within these organizations, right? Yes. There's always been good people that, you know, that aren't doing, they really care about injustice and aren't being violent towards police officers. Talking about, the, there are those elements, though, of these groups every oh, single yeah, I know. time. Um, and we ought to be careful, all of us, of course, there's a separation. be careful to, to separate. Them. I think Worth the mentioning. big problem is the leadership in these organizations. It's more of the leadership than the actual day-to-day people marching in the street. The leaders are after the fame and fortune, and they plant seeds. And some of them are even white anarchists that I've seen in Chicago, that I've, when I've went to Ferguson, Baltimore. I've been on the ground in all of these situations and brought this cover to the blaze. There is a difference between the people day-to-day that have a problem and the leadership. There's a difference between Democrats in the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. And those who are on the progressive caucus, Mm -hmm. a radical difference. Mm -hmm. It's not all of them. You know, there are radical progressives around the country, but it's not the same makeup as it is in Washington, D.C. There are those people who uh, are Mitch McConnell and will enrich themselves or only in it for the, you know, whatever. And then there are Mm -hmm. there are Republicans who are not like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and we don't separate them enough. Real quick, and then we'll pick it up again tomorrow because uh, there's some really interesting things that I've seen on the list. I have not heard the audio yet, but can we can we talk a little bit about uh, the Nation of Islam? Because that came out early that he was a member of the Nation of Islam. She said no. She was. They laughed. They were like, "Why do they keep?" And the reason why they were laughing was that they they made it very clear they hate the media, and they were tired of people putting that up. And she was very upset about them taking pictures off of his Facebook page. She, she didn't want to open the you know, photo album of him. She said, no, he was a believer. And there was a certain amount of empathy for me because I'm a preacher's kid and she was a preacher. And she was like, no, I didn't raise my son like that. I didn't, no, no, that's not. No, well, a lot of Christians didn't raise their right, uh, right, right to be children. That's right. Stevens, right? Yeah. but yeah. I think right. there was still a matter of her still coping and trying to process that. Yeah. That's not the son that I raised. Like well, a, it wasn't the son that raised that but, the trigger on cops. Either, right? So yeah, you exactly. And it was, and I, and I'm not saying that right. this is a a sign of it, um, or you know that this is proof. Right. But the fact that he came back and he stopped drinking mm-hmm. and started going down that that. That would lead him. Uh, that 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 is an earmark of that kind of philosophy. Was it his Facebook page that got people believing he was part of the Nation of Islam? Um, it was a picture of, of I guess a Louis Farrakhan thing that was on his page that he had posted, and him putting up the Black Power sign. Um, 
that really got a lot of people speculating on. And like I said... Could have just liked some of the things Farrakhan said. Right. Well, I have to ask her that question. Yeah. You know, because I just want people to understand that I asked some questions that I knew there was going to be tough, but I just wanted the response for the record that Mm -hmm. I gave her the opportunity. These are the allegations. What is your response? Tomorrow we'll get into something really fascinating that I think will lead to an all-show discussion, and that is um, they could get his fingerprints, but there wasn't enough of the body to even do a toxology report. They blew him up. Amazing. And she had quite a lot to say about that. He was livid. And we will get into that tomorrow. And this started a massive discussion before we got on the air today. Um, You know, both good and bad. There's a lot there that we should talk about. And that'll be on tomorrow's broadcast. Lawrence, thank you so much. And by the way, you can read and listen to the entire clips of uh, what we played today. And uh, some additional stuff at theblaze.com. It's an exclusive today, and we'll have this tomorrow and Wednesday, and then Wednesday night only on the Blaze TV. If you're not a subscriber, cost you a buck. Uh, subscribe now to the Blaze TV. In fact, you can try it free for I think ten days at theblaze.com/tv. Sign up now. Um, I'm not sure what we're doing on today's show at five o'clock, but Lawrence may also have an extra clip for us or two tonight on today's show. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.